you're about to listen to a We Are LA Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hey, this is Josh Lichman, VC at Impatient Ventures, investing in the intersection of consumer and Web3, based in Venice. My general answer to this question is kind of two-part. I think the, 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 the short answer is yes, it is here to stay, um, but there is a longer kind of more nuanced answer as well. And I think what people who are outside of kind of or, or haven't yet participated in Web3 or NFTs or kind of whatever you want to call it. Um, for the people who haven't yet, the, the the way to think about what this all is, is it's really just brand equity. You know, at the NFT space and ecosystem is essentially the emergence of a bunch of new brands. Let's use Board Ape Yacht Club as an example. Most people have heard of Board Apes. Um, you know, they, they grew massively in popularity to the point where now it's like kind of a household name or at least people kind of recognize what it is. And really what that was, was it was a really concerted effort of brand building that led to kind of this, um, you know, gigantic, uh, you know, much larger than initially expected product and, and community. And so at the end of the day, you can really think about that uh, applied to really any brand, right? So if you think about your favorite brand, let's say you really, really like, you know, Allbirds shoes or something, right? Allbirds might decide to release an NFT and through the brand equity that they've built, they're now able to kind of capitalize on that and build a really, like, build a foothold for their community in Web3. So I don't, I think the, I think the longer kind of, like I said, more nuanced answer is like, yes, it's here to stay. But the caveat is that brands really, brands, companies, organizations, whoever's releasing these products really have to be intentional about how they, you know, kind of make their first few steps in this space, because that can really set the tone for how people perceive them and the credibility behind their brand. I mean, we're not going to get into it too deep because this isn't an NFT podcast, but the one observation, and, and I, I'm curious in your involvement with Impatient, you know, your perspective on all this is like, even with Bored Apes, like it's a lot of celebrities bought into it and then people wanted to be associated with celebrities, which built up the hype machine and even NFTLA, I haven't seen people so excited. I mean, yeah, we've been stuck inside for a couple of years, so I'm sure that has something to do with it. But like about an event to sell out so quickly and the whole city is buzzing about NFT. And while I'm seeing all these scams also take place in tandem, where's the fine line between this is our future and this is like a, a big hype machine? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, for me... And, and I think various investors would, would give you a different answer. But for me, 
uh, and a lot of the people that I work closely with, um, the the kind of unique, you know, uh, filter for a lot of this stuff is the people. And that's not too different than, you know, conventional investing in non-Web3 projects, right? I think it all comes back to who, the who, and like, who, who are, who's behind the project? Um, whose idea is it? Who's the team, right? Like, I think these are all really important questions to ask. And there are a lot of really great ideas, both in Web3 and, and outside of Web3. And I think the, the people really behind these projects and the teams that are executing, uh, that's the differentiator for me. So of course, you know, there's scams and there were early internet scams as well, but, but the, the best people we're able to make the best products and build the best teams. And so that's really what I, I kind of look at when when it you know comes to make a, a difficult decision. Hey, this is Morgan Williams. I work at Persephone as a senior data engineer. We do carbon management accounting platform, helping companies measure their impact and improve it. I'm in Santa Monica. Right now, like I said, I'm in a pretty like I'm very grateful to be where I am. Like it's it's mind blowing. <laughs> the 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 level of people I get to work with. And I think um, I just like being able to, I guess for a long time, I've been looking at the whole digital nomad thing. And now I'm like able to do it kind of and uh, LA's home base. But uh, this summer, I'm hoping to uh, go over to Europe and, and Portugal and, and just meet with more people there, kind of same thing, get to know people and their ideas and uh, just enjoy that energy. <laughs> but as far as where I'm going, yeah, just building things with people and helping people make things happen. Uh, there's just so much that, you know, we would benefit from as a society, but like, I guess there's lots of sparks out there and, and maybe it's my mind. Like I, I get all these sparks like, oh, this would be cool. This would be cool. This would be cool. But it's like, okay, how do you get the structure, get the, the thing that will sustain that spark so that it can grow? For all the LA tech companies thinking about opening an office and choosing whether to like, you know, as the p pandemic resolves, we're going to open an office or we should stay remote. What do you recommend? Um, I'm a big fan of remote as long as it's it's um, you can support it in a way that's actual remote, not just COVID remote, <laughs> meaning better async communication, um, making sure that people are able to take care of themselves inside and outside of work, you know, fitness, um, community, all those things. Can you share with us ways that async communication is done really well in a remote team for a remote culture? I think as a, as a broad concept, um, there's just sort of the, uh, the overhead of time for planning and things, you know, like if you default to a 30 minute meeting every day for this, then like, you're going to get a 30 minute meeting every day where you do stuff, but it's not a guarantee that you'll be producing value for that whole 30 minutes. Um, so I guess uh, it's nice. One thing that uh, I've seen done is, you know, people are sending more like videos, like you can just do a quick little screen recording or uh, like a video message to the team more for broader things. At least for me, that's nice because then I tend to overthink things a lot and I can like, spend forever tweaking a doc. I guess one other thing I'd say is that the documentation will improve. You will have way better docs if you're communicating asynchronously because you can write it down. And it's that's not just something that's, you know, meeting notes. You can make it part of your documentation and you can get kind of like a two for one for that. Um, so I'm still filling out a lot of the ways to improve async communication, but I think it just enables people to work at their peaks more, you know, um, 
like we're not all productive at exactly the same times every day. And I think sort of maximizing those productive hours for every different person is more possible. Hi, my name is Esmo Alvarado. I'm one of the co-founders of Project Unicorn. Project Unicorn is a mobile app that allows for startup founders to connect with compatible investors through asynchronous short-form videos. We're based out in Torrance, California slash Irvine, California. At WeFunder and like at Project Unicorn, the majority of the things that I do is really just trying to find a way to connect startup founders and investors and create a universal hub or universal scene where anybody can come in and still connect with the people that are relevant to them. The events that I typically host are like happy hours, small dinners, um, fireside chats. The whole emphasis is just to really build a community around all the founders and investors within that local area. So the recent event that I did was happening during Emerge America slash Miami Tech Week. And that was with partners like Pilot, Intercom, Carta, also with Brex and WeFunder. And it was one of the largest events I ever hosted. Um, it was over 700 people that signed up. And we have over 550 people attend the actual event throughout the night. So it was really cool to see so many familiar faces, I guess, through like the Twitter atmosphere. But seeing them in real life is just a completely different scene. 100%. And it was packed. It was a, this amazing venue, absolutely packed, so connective. What is the purpose of Project Unicorn in LA and in the startup ecosystem overall? Yeah, definitely. Like the reason why Project Unicorn is based on in LA is because we believe that it doesn't matter where you're located at, you can still become a successful startup founder. So the whole persona of like needing to be in San Francisco or needing to be in New York in order to raise capital, we're trying to um, show that that's not really the case, especially like going all the way out. I guess you could talk about how like Orange County is like apart from LA, but even really connecting all of like the Southern California cities and bringing them to Los Angeles and bringing their communities alongside is what we're really trying to do for these events to show that like, hey, Southern California, we're all united together and LA is going to be the hub spot for Southern California tech. Agree. And I think OC is totally included. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, we could have a whole conversation about this with Justin too, <laughs> to discuss OC and LA. But no, when it comes to like Project Unicorn and like our goal is that like we went to UC Irvine for school and we're very appreciative for all the wonderful things that like Wayfinder did and all the wonderful advisors that we did have. Um, and we want to be able to support those early stage startups that are coming out of those very same programs, whether they're coming from UC Irvine, UC San Diego or UCLA, USC, or even like Little Marymount, El Camino College. All these different um, college campuses have innovation but don't really have this community or this central location where they can meet even more people. And we want to be able to replicate that not only in real life, but also on our app. And where are you in the stage of Project Unicorn now? Yeah, yeah. So we're in the pre-seed stage. I would say like right now we're really ramping up on gathering as many founders, as many users as we possibly can because we recently launched on the App Store, the Android Play Store. So now it's just like, Thank you. Thank you. It was a long time coming. And I'm super appreciative for our engineers, Manu and Sam, for being able to put this together. And also Thomas as well. And realistically speaking, like the main goal of what we're trying to achieve right now is just build as many connections as we possibly can. That's the main emphasis because we're really just trying to provide a tool. We don't see ourselves like competing against other platforms out there. 
We just want someone to build a tool that can actually help out founders. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production.